Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 63 of Process to Profitability. Today, I'm talking with Kendra and Clinice of Humble and Whole, and we are discussing using Instagram to build connection and grow your business. Kendra and Clinice talk about the ways that we can use Instagram to build engagement and really get to know our community. We also talk about the types of images you should be sharing, how you can find the best hashtags, and what your options are for sharing and how you should use those. They also give us a couple of the common mistakes that they see entrepreneurs making and the tools that they recommend you use to help you grow your Instagram following. Kendra and Clinice are the founders of Humble and Whole, a digital marketing agency that helps female entrepreneurs build online communities that are both meaningful and profitable. They are on a mission to empower female entrepreneurs to share their voice and offerings confidently so that they can make a greater impact and create more income. Hi, ladies. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Samantha. Thank you for having us. Okay, so I read your bio at the top of the show, but can you guys tell us a little bit more about who you are, where you're from, and what you do? Absolutely. So I'm Kendra. And I'm Clinice. And together we founded Humble and Whole, which is a digital marketing agency um, that serves female entrepreneurs. And so Right now, we're based in Birmingham, originally from Chicago, but we work pretty much with female entrepreneurs who are just exhausted from trying to market their businesses themselves. So right now, we're serving more so as social media managers, but we're excited to step into full-scale digital marketing, so offering email and blogging services as well. Awesome. So how did you guys get started in business and why did you decide to work together to do this? So it's kind of funny. Growing up, we were pretty much drawn to entrepreneurship. I remember that we used to, you know, be at the kitchen table together and we would be brainstorming business ideas when we were little, like I'm talking (laughs) about being 8, 10, 12 years old. And so while we were growing up, we had a natural affinity to technology. We were really interested in graphic design. Uh, I think we had a stint where we were trying to learn coding. So we were really determined to figure out this online space as it was unraveling before our eyes. But we kind of fell off the wagon when we went to high school and college. Of course, we got wrapped up in some other things. But what led us back to the online space is that one of our friends in college started a blog and we were like, wow, we used to do this stuff. We used to do graphic design and and all of that. We went to school for nursing. And at the time, we kept hearing our friends in school had so many questions about studying and people were coming to us asking how we were making these grades on our nursing test. And we thought, wow, if our classmates are having these questions, maybe there are other people out there in nursing schools across the country who have these same questions. And so we were like, well, let's give it a try. Let's do a nursing blog. And that the struggle with marketing that actually taught us what we know now about organic strategy, organic social media marketing, because there weren't Facebook groups devoted to nursing blogs or Pinterest boards or none of that. And so we had to figure out how to market that. And 
the results kind of overwhelmed us. We got, I think, 100,000 page views on that blog, and we were like, oh my goodness. And we just really loved that problem solving, that challenge of building something from the ground up. And so we were like, wow, this is what we felt like God had been pointing to all along for us to take that love of technology with that love of problem solving. And so after we practiced nursing for a year, we just jumped into it full time. And here we are. <laughs> awesome. So today we're talking specifically about Instagram. And this is a platform that I use a lot, but I know that I'm probably not using it to the best of my ability. But I'm excited to focus on this. And this is something you guys help your clients with is Instagram specifically, but also other social media. Right. Yes, we do. We help our clients with Instagram. I would say most of our clients right now are on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And personally, it's one of our favorites too. So right. even before we had launched the Humble and Whole website, we started mm -hmm. building a following on Instagram. Okay. Speaking of that, how can we use the Instagram platform to benefit our business and our audience? Because I know that you guys and I really want to serve the people that are coming to learn from us. Right. So we absolutely love Instagram for business because in our opinion, it's one of the easier platforms for you to find your target audience with people identifying themselves with certain hashtags. And so Instagram is great for building a community because you can more often than not easily connect with your target audience. But then also, you know, a lot of people still use Instagram for personal use. So mm -hmm. because of that, even though someone may be following you for business, they kind of still expect to see that behind the scenes aspect of your life. So that's the beauty of Instagram is that of course you can use it for promoting your business, but more often than not, your followers are probably still really interested in, you know, what does your day look like as a web designer or, you know, graphic designer, social media strategist. They're really interested in that. Okay. So do most of your clients, are they marketing to other business owners or are they marketing to people that are kind of outside of the business, but they would be clients like a, a photographer, for example? So we have a little bit of a mix. So we have worked with health and wellness coaches. So they're more so interested in not marketing to other business owners. But then we do have some clients who are marketing B2B and they're also targeting like female entrepreneurs. But typically like our strategy doesn't vary too much. That's kind of the interesting thing because whether you're targeting a business owner or a stay-at-home mom or you know someone interested in fitness, what we found is that your target audience, they're using hashtags that tell what they are basically. So that's the really cool thing about targeting on Instagram. And you find that most people have some of their ideal clients on Instagram? Yes. Yes. More often than not, um, I would say a lot of the online businesses now, you would be able to find your target audience on Instagram. Okay. So we know that we should be using it. I think a lot of business owners are already on Instagram. They're probably just not using it to the, really the best of its ability to market their business and to figure out that balance between business and life and behind the scenes. And we know that community is a huge part of the platform. It's all about really connecting with people and getting to see their lives as well as their businesses. So how can we connect with 
the people that are in our audience and those ideal clients in a genuine way? That is a really good question. And that's one of our favorite features of Instagram because mm -hmm. it's so community oriented. It's really easy to have um, more of an authentic feel on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And one of the easiest ways to do that, um, a lot of business owners will like post and run. Um, so we never advise that, you know, if you see that people are resonating with what you're posting, leaving comments or likes, go ahead and return the favor, mm -hmm. you know, see exactly who it is that is coming to your profile. And if that's a member of your target audience, then you can easily continue the conversation with them. So we like to promote returning the favor with comments, but what we also like to do and something that we did while we were building Humble and Whole is we would even go so far as to send personal messages to the members of our tribe who mm -hmm. we kept seeing the same people commenting and liking. Mm -hmm. So we would just send them a private message and say, hey, thanks so much for you know always engaging with us. And then from there, we would try to learn a little bit more about them. And those people would go on to be clients of ours. So it's a really effective way to not only relationship build, but you never know whether that will lead to a collaboration or a client down the line. Yeah. And I think when you are using Instagram, you know who's commenting on things. You know, a lot of us follow the same people. And while we may follow a whole lot of people, we're really engaged with just a limited number of those people. And so I love that you guys took advantage of that and didn't do it in a salesy way, but just in a way to say hello and thank you and make a connection instead of trying to make a sale. Right. Exactly. And because we started on Instagram, like from zero. So this was before we, you know, built relationships with other business owners, like in the beginning, our following was so small, right? So we could see it was a lot easier for us to notice, okay, when we post like this week, we've noticed that this person has liked almost every single post or, you know, they keep commenting. So I feel like sometimes business owners will feel frustrated that their following is a little bit smaller than they want, but we think that's the perfect time for you to identify like who those biggest fans are, if that yeah. makes sense. All right. And speaking of that, how can we increase our engagement and grow our following with the right people? So for increasing engagement, usually this one is a little bit of a simple fix. One of the top pieces of advice that's circulating out there is ask questions and people will answer you back. What we've noticed like with our clients is that usually they come to us because of engagement and they've been putting out really in-depth questions. And so when you're scrolling on Instagram, you know, sometimes you're in the mood to answer those really in-depth questions and sometimes you're not, you're just scrolling, looking through. And so one of the quickest ways that you can boost engagement on Instagram is just to ask more simple questions. So, you know, how was your weekend? What are you reading right now? you know, yes or no questions related to your industry. So if you're a web designer, maybe you could ask a question like, how do you feel about designing your own website? Is that something that you want to do, you know, yes or no? And so what we found is that by asking simple questions, that is so key to skyrocketing engagement. So that shift alone increased engagement 
on our account, on our client's account. And to answer your question about how to attract your target audience, I feel like it's really important to remember that Instagram, like any other social platform, is meant for us to be social. So sometimes entrepreneurs will kind of sit back and wait and see, you know, are people finding me? Are they following me? But what we suggest is that you actually, you know, look at your competitors, look at who's following them and go to those people and engage with them. Leave comments on their posts because they're interested in similar things. You really have to be proactive about mm. building your following. You can't just sit and wait for people to discover you. They will, but especially in the beginning when you're in that growth phase, it's truly up to you to go out and find who you're looking for, to find the people who belong in your community. Okay, so you mentioned that like we can look at people who are following those who are similar to us, who might have a bigger following and, and genuinely engage with them. It's not like you're sending people out saying, you need to get this number of followers. It's more about getting the right people and building those relationships. Exactly. That is what we firmly believe in. We don't believe that you should have a certain follower count to be successful or, you know, if you don't have 10,000 followers and you're doing something wrong because ultimately what matters is that you have people who will interact with your content. And so you can tell if you don't have the right people on mm -hmm. Instagram because you're not going to see that engagement. You won't see those likes and those comments or those follow requests. Okay. And I think Instagram probably is getting the idea that there are people out there who buy followers or there are bots and None of the social platforms want that because it goes against everything they're trying to do. Right, right. right. And so we tell people all the time, please don't buy followers because in the end, it doesn't really help. You know, like, sure, it looks great to have this inflated number of followers, but people can always tell. We have a trained eye because we're social media strategists, but you should have engagement on your posts. And so when you don't, then it becomes evident, especially with that inflated number that someone has unfortunately purchased followers. Okay. And you've mentioned with the increasing engagement to ask simple questions. So it sounds like you just want to make it easy for people to engage, to have a quick answer, a quick way for them to get in touch with you and build that connection. Yeah, that's exactly what we advise because we find that when the question isn't simple or easy to answer, then most people are reluctant to spend time answering that question. Mm -hmm. um, now, this is for the most part because we do have a client who, I mean, she can have those really intense conversations with her audience, mm -hmm. but, you know, they come to expect that from her. But for most people, your audience won't be willing to take the time to write that. a paragraph so the, mm -hmm. but they will take the time to say yes or no or answer a simple question about what they're doing this weekend we right. find that that works well or even like creating a poll so that yeah. all they have to do is mark a b c or d or one two three those work extremely well or even you know doing quick tips i don't know those typically do so well on our Instagram. People love just quick facts. So even phrasing them as, did you know that, yeah. you know, 
than whatever is trending in your industry or a fact that people may not know. So people love those really fast, quick facts, polls where they don't have to really think about the answer where you've provided some choices for them. And then the typical yes or no questions. All of those are great options to boost engagement. Awesome. And it sounds like these are really opportunities that we can use to gather more information from our audience about things in our industry that maybe they know or don't know or are interested in to kind of get that feedback that we're always talking about needing. And this seems like a good way to do that. It is. And that's the thing. You know, it is important as a business owner to continue to take the pulse of your audience. Mm -hmm. I think we phrase it that way because we used to be nurses. (laughs) But (laughs) anyway, um, to do that market research, right? And so it doesn't have to be like a huge annual survey or anything. You can continuously get market research if you're just asking those simple questions on Instagram, for example. All right. Yeah. And I have noticed this is not Instagram, but on my website, I have just a really simple question of what is the number one thing you're struggling with on your website? And the answers I get, so many of them are the same. And that gives me a lot of insight into what I need to be talking about and how I can address it in my website copy and on my social media posts, because that's what people are concerned about. Yeah, you want to be able to ask those simple questions because Mm -hmm. your audience is more likely to answer them. And then to your point, that just helps you write stronger copy. It helps you create offers that people actually want. It's Mm -hmm. so, so valuable. Part of what it takes to run a successful online business is having the right tools for the job. I'm sharing a list of all of the tools I use in my business in my toolbox. And you can find that at lemonandthesea.com slash my dash toolbox to download it now. These include tools that I use for podcasting, designing, running my business, and other things. So you can get a real inside look at everything that I use every day in order to serve my clients well and grow my business. Again, you can find that at lemonandthesea.com slash my dash toolbox. So when we're talking about Instagram posts, so like the normal posts that that's how Instagram started. My first question is, is there an advantage to doing just images versus images with text or should we have a balance of the two? I think that would really depend on, you know, your brand and Mm -hmm. your audience because for us, we've noticed that it doesn't really matter what images we post, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's of us, like a specific brand photo or a stock photo, or sometimes we just post plain text posts. And Mm -hmm. all of those will perform well if we've optimized our caption, if we're asking a question or we're Mm -hmm. um, asking our audience to take a certain action, like maybe to click on something. Mm -hmm. So really, all of those can do well. Kendra and I are pretty radical when it comes to what images you post on Instagram, because sometimes with our clients, Um, before we're managing their account, they have this paralysis like, oh, I don't have the perfect photo. So that's why I'm not posting on Instagram. Mm -hmm. But our radical belief is it doesn't matter what you post, like what the image is. Really, it's about your caption. What are you saying in relation to that photo? What is it that you want to have a conversation around with your audience? Um, And so in our experience, all of those posts do well. Does that 
still true for people who kind of use Instagram as a portfolio, like a photographer or an event planner where they're sharing things that their audience is going to see as, you know, this is their work and examples of their work. Yeah. Yeah. We've noticed that with photographers, with like event planners, really it runs the gamut, but we still see that whether it's just someone posting more of their portfolio or maybe it's someone who does like all text posts, both will do well. Okay. So that kind of takes the pressure off. You don't have to find the perfect picture. It's more about sort of what you're sharing. Yeah, exactly. Because I think that's like the number one thing that holds people back from Mm -hmm. truly experiencing the power of Instagram. They get stuck and it goes from, I feel confident I'm posting three to five times a week till I have no idea what picture to take. And now a month has passed or two months have passed. So more than anything, consistency is important. And so I feel like once that pressure is off, it's easier to be consistent with posting on Instagram. My second part of this is what tips do you guys have for us about using hashtags? Because this is something that I still struggle with. So how can we use hashtags effectively? Yeah, so we are um, crazy about hashtags. <laughs> Honestly, like that's one yeah. of our favorite parts about managing a client's Instagram as we yeah. go and we pick the hashtags for them. Could seriously do it all day. <laughs> um, but the main thing that we see people doing wrong with hashtags is they use hashtags that identify themselves mm-hmm. um, instead of the hashtags that their ideal customer or client would want to use. So, mm-hmm. for example, we'll see business coaches who are just their hashtags are, are hashtag business coach, mm-hmm. hashtag female entrepreneur business coach or, you know, those hashtags that indicate who they are, but not who their ideal client is. That's one that we see all the time. And I think the second one that we see is there's a misconception on Instagram that if you want to attract a lot of people to your profile, well, you should use these super popular hashtags, ones that have been used like millions of millions of times. And that is not true. If you are using those super big hashtags, it's actually burying your content in the feed when your ideal clients or customers are looking through that hashtag, they won't be able to find you Mm -hmm. because so many people are using those literally every second. Mm -hmm. So our sweet spot for hashtags are to look between like 10 K lifetime posts and 500 K lifetime posts. Now, depending on the industry, um, sometimes there are some that are a bit smaller than 10 K or a little bit bigger than 500K that still work. But really the key here is not to use those hashtags that have been used like well over a million times because they're they're just not going to provide value for you. Yeah, I feel like I cringe every time I see someone using hashtag love because that's yes. like the most used <laughs> hashtag on Instagram. I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> okay, so... How do we then figure out what some of these hashtags we should be using are? Right. So this is where two things come into play, where it's really important for you to check out your competitor, Mm -hmm. because chances are if they're, you know, farther along than you, 
they have done research on the exact same target audience that you're looking for. I mean, that's always a good first start. But then the other direction that you want to go in is you want to look at who is following you. Look at what hashtags they're using on their posts. So then you, you can understand, okay, this is how my tribe has been identifying themselves. Let me make sure that I'm using these hashtags on my posts. Okay, that makes sense. So you're kind of looking to them to tell you how they think about themselves and the hashtags that they're using because that's probably what they're going to be looking at when they come to Instagram. Exactly, right, right exactly. And I'll give a super specific example here. Um, we had a client who was a health and wellness coach and her target audience was women who were trying to lose weight. So like, for example, one of the hashtags that we gave her had to do with people who were actively trying to lose weight. Mm -hmm. So I think it was like hashtag slimming down or, or weight loss journey. Yeah, hashtag weight loss journey because those hashtags indicated that people were actively trying to lose weight. So, right. you know, but if she had just been using hashtag weight loss coach, she would have continued to attract other, other weight loss coaches, which was her problem. And that's mm -hmm. why she hired us. <laughs> okay. And it sounds like you're not using hashtags that are irrelevant to what you're sharing. It's just figuring out how to get in front of the people that you can help using hashtags that they're actually looking at. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what we do. Okay. Awesome. Now I want to talk a little bit about the best option for sharing on Instagram because we just came out with Instagram TV and there are stories and lives and then there's the regular posts. So how can we figure out what it, we should be doing, where we should be sharing, all of that? So I love this question because I feel like you know, more than any other platform, Instagram can easily overwhelm you with the options available. And so what we tell people is that first, it's really important that you create content that is within your own strength. Mm -hmm. So for us growing up, we were always fond of writing. And so that's why more than anything, most of our content, you know, is truly those regular grid posts. You know, we've heard the buzz about stories. We recommend stories to some of our clients, but ultimately it's about what your strength is and what you enjoy doing. There are some clients who absolutely do not enjoy video. So we would not recommend that they try to share on stories, you know, every day of the week, because if you're not passionate about the method that you're using, it's going to show. And so more than anything, you want to make sure that you're passionate about the content you're putting out and that is within your strength. But just some typical guidelines for, you know, maybe you like video as much as writing. So what would that person do? So we would say, look at using stories and live for more of those spontaneous moments. Or if you want to, you know, do a deep dive behind the scenes. So if you're a web designer, you're showing someone your design process, that would be perfect to put on stories because you can go a little bit more in depth than you typically would with a grid post. What else would you say, Clonice, regarding yeah, when so, they go live, for example? I know a lot of people have questions about that. Yeah, so we recommend that lives are between like 
five and 10 minutes long. So if you're going to do a more in-depth video, mm -hmm. that would be a good opportunity for the new Instagram TV. But yeah, as Kendra mentioned, it's really all about what people feel comfortable doing and what they're going to be consistent with. Mm -hmm. um, so there's no right or wrong answer as far as, you know, should I be using all four or just two or mm -hmm. just post? It really depends on your brand and your audience and what you will stick to doing. <laughs> yeah, there's, I feel like there's so many different variables with what content you can post on Instagram, but absolutely like what Clinique said, I want to echo, it's just whatever you're going to be the most consistent with and like what you're actually getting feedback on. So mm -hmm. when you're getting comments, you know, on those grid posts or within the stories, or you see that, hey, when I went live, today like 30 people attended then that's a sign that you should keep going so not only what you enjoy but also where are you getting feedback where are you seeing engagement and you can try every option and just see you know what works the best for your specific audience yeah i think that makes total sense because part of it is you have to figure out what you're actually going to enjoy you don't want to post something that is going to make you miserable because you feel like you have to. And you have to figure out if it's actually worth your time to put the effort into sharing stories if nobody ever watches them for your business. So what other common mistakes do you see entrepreneurs making on Instagram? So apart from posting and running, which we talked a little bit about earlier, we also see entrepreneurs with bios that aren't you know, the clearest. So you want to make sure that, you know, when someone lands on your profile, they understand what you do and who you serve. So that's like one of the most important things that you can do because people are looking at your profile to see if it's worth it to follow you. So of course they're looking at the images or the stories or if you went live, but they also want to know, is this person someone that I should be following? And a great way to reassure them is to make sure that you put in your bio what you do and who you serve. And this second mistake that we see kind of goes along with the bio, but so many entrepreneurs are using Linktree on Instagram. Of course, because Instagram, you know, limits us to one link in our bio, but Linktree has crashed like so many times <laughs> and you don't want to give away like data and traffic to a third party app. So what we recommend is that you create a self-hosted page. So on your own website, it can be very, very simple. Ours is super simple, but it gets the job done. We created our own self-hosted page that has, I think like five little buttons on it. So directing people to the blog or our service or whatever we're promoting because then that Instagram traffic is actually logging in our Squarespace analytics and we can see what people are clicking on. So because of how buggy Linktree has been, we really don't recommend that entrepreneurs continue to use that in their bio just to switch over to that self-hosted page so that you have greater control, greater knowledge of what people are actually clicking on. Okay. I've done the same thing in Squarespace. So what I do is very similar. It sounds like I set up a page just for Instagram. I have just some big buttons that go to 
sort of the most important pages and I'll change those out as new things come up. But then it's on my own website. It looks like my brand a whole lot more and it doesn't cost me any money because I'm already paying for all of the website stuff. Exactly. Yeah. You know, especially entrepreneurs who already have like their own website, like mm-hmm. there's no reason for you to post that those options yeah. Yeah, on Linktree. Mm-hmm. And we've actually seen where I think the last time that Linktree crashed while we were still using it, one of our entrepreneur friends was like running around crying because she was trying to run a promotion during that time and she couldn't get that traffic to her website. Mm -hmm. Um, So you don't want to be in that position when it inevitably crashes again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So are there other mistakes or those are the two big ones? Those are the two big ones. And then as we mentioned earlier, when we see entrepreneurs who are posting this great content and we see that people have commented on their posts, but they never come back to interact with their audience. That's something that we see a lot. And in that instance, you're just missing out on creating those valuable connections or building that relationship and that trust with your audience. So we don't like to see that. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, we totally get it that as entrepreneurs, we're busy. um, So you may not be able to respond to every comment you know, within the minute. So we're, you know, we're not trying to say that you should respond to comments immediately, but just to make sure that you schedule in some time, whether it's at the end of your work day or maybe the beginning, where you can just, you know, make sure that things aren't falling through the cracks to make sure that your audience feels supported by you, that, that you appreciate that someone took time out of their day to comment. All right. Are there tools that you recommend for business owners to use for Instagram to just help them out and make it easier? Yeah. So we are absolutely in love with Planoly. I think we've written one or two blog posts about it (laughs) because we love it so much. But um, Planoly just truly saves the day. They have a great analytics report that you can look at at a glance so you can see like what your top performing content has been for the week or the month. We also just love the drag and drop feature so that we can easily plan out our feed. And it has just made our life so much easier, like before Planoly. Oh my gosh, like posting to Instagram just took way more time than it should. So that's absolutely our favorite tool. It's also an official Instagram partner. So you're able to auto post if you Mm -hmm. have a business account. Um, And we do recommend that business owners have a business Instagram. It just Mm -hmm. makes everything more seamless. And you have those additional analytics. So between having Planoly and the business Instagram, Mm -hmm. that's that's a perfect match. Okay. Now, I did have one question because I was going to ask about the business Instagram, but you say if you own a business, you should have a business Instagram account. What if you are turning kind of a personal account into a business account? Do you leave all of those old photos? Do you delete them? What do you do with that kind of content? Yeah. So if you are turning a personal account into a business account, like we see no reason for you to go back and delete it. Mm -hmm. Um, Some cool things that you can do is you can even do like the grid puzzles or the grid pictures to like indicate that you're starting a new a new type of content or like redoing your feed. Yeah. You could do that or you could just do like three blank squares if you don't want to do the grid puzzle. But 
we don't advise deleting your feed just because honestly, it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Um, We've rebranded Humble and Whole and our old posts are still visible. Like our very first post on our Humble and Whole Instagram, you can still go back and see it. And it's never been a problem because Mm -hmm. we invite our audience to see how we evolve. Mm -hmm. And that's just another way to show, hey, I'm a real person. You know, I used to post like this, but now my content looks like this. Or in the case of a personal account becoming a business account, you may find that your target audience is looking back at your personal post and they connect with you through something that you posted. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's it's valuable. Um, We don't advise deleting or hiding posts. Okay. And do you have any advice for balancing kind of the business side of sharing with sharing personal stuff about family and what you're doing and that kind of thing. So that ultimately just depends on, you know, your comfort level. Of course, on Instagram, you know, people expect those business posts, but I feel like they are also looking for a glimpse of your personality, your, you know, day-to-day life. So what we do is we have like a specific day where we'll share more personal content. Typically that's on Friday. So that's something that listeners could incorporate, you know, instead of feeling, you know, pressure, like when was the last time that I shared something personal, you know, about myself, you could easily create a day where you're going to share something a little bit more insightful and authentic that's distinct from the typical business or promotional posts. Or you could even, you know, reserve your grid posts for your business. But Mm -hmm. in stories, it's all about your personal life. We've seen business owners do that. We've had clients who do that and it works well. Mm -hmm. Um, So like Kendra mentioned, whether you want to reserve a certain day for your grid to share personal content or if you want to just keep your grid professional and then in your stories show behind the scenes or more personal things, you can do that too. Okay, that was a lot of information. So can you guys give me an example of how serving your clients well has benefited your business? Yes, so we are really blessed to have worked with some amazing women and we pride ourselves on, you know, serving them well, making sure that they're seeing results on social media, because that truly is a burden for them when they come to us. But because we put our best foot forward and have attracted our, our dream clients, it's been easy for us to establish friendships. And so I think it's important for entrepreneurs to understand that When you do put your best foot forward, when you have like that natural connection with a client, it can open so many doors for you. Like for us personally, one of our clients has allowed us to collaborate with her further. We've gotten referrals from her. So all of that happened because of the way that we interacted with her as we were managing her social media for her. Awesome. Okay, so tell me two things you're loving right now. They can be business or life, and you guys can each do one, or you can do two apiece. Okay, I think we'll each do one. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, Kendra, the thing that I'm loving right now in business is our team. So we recently hired a VA, and we welcomed a content manager to our team, and they have been the biggest blessing for us because 
we were falling behind on blog posts and, you know, even like some of our Instagram posts. And now that we've welcomed both of them, like everything is just running so much more smoothly. And we're like, why did we not bring them on sooner? (laughs) Yeah, the team is a big one. And for me, Clanice, what I'm loving right now is Asana. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what we use to organize our tasks and projects. And we've, we've used Asana for a while. So we've been in business for two years. And I think we've had Asana for about a year. But it wasn't until recently that we went in and, Um, said, you know, how can we make this work more effectively for us? And we recently took an Asana course too. So that has been amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. It integrates so well with Slack, which is what we use for our team. So we just have hard eyes for Asana right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what are you guys excited for that's coming up in the future? So we are really excited about creating a free email course that is devoted to all things Instagram. It's called The Art of Selling on Instagram, and we're wrapping up creating the emails for that right now. But it's going to be a five-day, yeah, a five-day email course, and we're just going to talk about you know, ways to truly increase conversions on Instagram, ways to attract your target audience. So it's going to be a value pack, although short email course. Yeah, and that will launch the middle of next month. So around July 15th, that's launching. We're really excited. And we're excited about a shift in our overall business model, as we mentioned a little bit earlier. So moving from not only social media management, but to more of that digital marketing agency model. So helping our clients also with blogging and email marketing too, because so often, especially when we're going over our analytics reports with our clients, We just start brainstorming and have other ideas for them in Mm -hmm. um, the channels that we're not managing. Um, So we really like to take a holistic approach, and that's where the inspiration for that more inclusive marketing model is coming in. All right. Awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun stuff that's coming up. Yeah, it is. So quarter three, I think, is going to be packed with just some really (laughs) fun projects. (laughs) All right. So my last question is, where can people find you online? So naturally, we are everywhere. (laughs) Social media is our job. But we are on Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all with the same handle at Humble and Whole. And also, you can come to our website at www.humbleandwhole.com. All right. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you so much. We have had so much fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Kendra and Clinice. I know that I learned a ton about Instagram, and I think there are going to be some great takeaways for you. Here are your three action steps. Number one is to brainstorm some simple questions to ask in your captions. This is a great way to engage with your audience and find out more about what they are looking for from your business. Number two is to find a few hashtags for your business. They recommend that you look at hashtags that have between a 10 and 500,000 lifetime posts, and then look at what your competitors are using and what your followers are using in order to figure out where you should be posting. And number three is to update your bio to include what you do and who you serve instead of just information about you so that people can tell right away if you're going to be someone they want to follow. 
If you liked this episode, I would really appreciate it if you would leave me a rating and a review on iTunes. It helps me find more guests for the show and to keep this going when we are talking about serving your clients well. You can also follow me on Instagram at Lemon and the Sea and at Process to Profitability and feel free to DM me or share what you're listening to there. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show. 